Welcome to Thrive Church. We are so happy to have you here with us today. My name is Judah. I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive, and so we welcome you. Uh, if Whatever campus you're at, if you're watching online or on TV, we are so glad to have you here with us as we continue our series, Good News. And we're talking about the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and it is good news, and yet so often we go around living our lives you know, in bad news, wallowing in bad news, and God came to give us some good news. We talked in the very first week that, that the good news that God loves us, and that is the, the greatest news that we could ever know, that, that there's nothing that we can do that separates us from God's love. And then last week we talked about a universal problem, the universal problem uh, of, of sin, that we are all guilty of it, but thankfully God has restored us through Jesus Christ and by him picking up the tab, by paying the bill that we owed. You know, if you look in the beginning of the Bible, you see the story of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, they, they sinned, they, they broke their relationship with God, and as a result, it introduced sin into the human race. And last week we talked about this, that the penalty of the sin was death. Death being separation from God. There's this penalty of death. And, and God, seeing that Adam and Eve sinned and knowing that the penalty was death, God transferred in his kindness, he transferred the penalty of death from Adam and Eve to an innocent animal. And it's not fair. We have any animal lovers? Some, some of you guys like, okay, a lot of, wow, a lot of, it's not fair, is it? It's not fair that an, an innocent animal paid the price for their sin. But the, there was a penalty of sin, and it was death. And I agree, it didn't seem fair, but, but, but something needed to pay the price. And so there was a system that was established, and we see it all throughout the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the, the history book of the Jewish people. We see this. Where, where they would, uh, a priest would come and they would take an animal and they would sacrifice the animal for the sins of the people. And it would cover their sins. It, it was not a, a removal of the sins. It was just simply a temporary fix. It would come and it, and it would cover it and only the priests could do this. The priests would come and they, they had certain animals that they could use and, and, and they would take an innocent lamb and they would sacrifice these. They would, they would kill it and it would temporarily cover it, but the sin was still there. Every world religion has to deal with this problem. Every world religion is basically trying to deal with this idea of what to do with sin and guilt. What to do with it. What to do because we have this baggage that we carry around. We have this sin, and we carry it around with us. And it's like, what do I do with this? What do I do with, with all of this, this garbage that I have in my life? What do I do with it? And so we all want to figure out how to wash away the sin, how to remove it, how to undo the mess that we've made. So it begs the question, what can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? There's an internal problem that we have, an internal problem. And yet many of us, we try to fix the internal problem with an outward solution. We have this internal problem of sin, but we try to fix it with doing good deeds, trying to be, be nice to people, doing the, these things, thinking that maybe someday I can do enough good things that can counteract the bad that I've done. The problem is, is we don't know how much it takes. How many good things do I have to do to overcome the bad that I've done in my life? 
See, the truth of the matter is that we need a, a surgeon to remove an internal problem. Imagine trying to, to, to deal with a, a cancerous mass in your body, and the way you're trying to remove it is simply by washing your hands. Like, it may be good to wash your hands. It's advisable to wash your hands, but it's not going to remove the problem. And that's where many of us find ourselves, trying to remove this problem of sin. And we need a surgeon. We need someone who knows how. This is not something that we can do on our own, but we need spiritual surgery in our life. See, religion tries to give people a way to deal with this sin, to deal with the baggage that we have, but only Jesus says that he can Remove it. And you know, it's Jesus came to be the solution to our sin. He came to be the solution. See, what would happen is, is they, would, they would take these animals, and, and it was basically when they would sacrifice them, they would cover it over. They'd cover it over. Here, we're just going to hide it. So nobody can see it. They cover it over. It's like, well, it's not as obvious anymore. And they would hide the sin. But see, Jesus wanted to be the solution to our sin. It says in John 14, starting in verse 4, Jesus is talking to his closest friends here. He says, and you know the way to where I'm going. Verse 5, I love this verse 5. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Like, I love Thomas, right? Like, he, he's just the one speaking what everyone else is thinking. Everybody, Jesus is like, like, you know the way to where I'm going. Everybody else is nodding. Yeah, yeah, we do. Thomas is like, no, no, we don't. We've got no clue, Jesus. We don't know what you're talking about. We have no idea. People call him Doubting Thomas. But I think he was just reasonable, right? He was, he was just calculated a little bit. He's like, Jesus, we don't know what you're talking about. Verse 6, though. Jesus told him, underline this whole verse if you, uh, if you have your notes. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, this is a mic drop moment. I would drop my mic, but I would get in trouble from our tech team because... You know, they wouldn't like me to break another microphone. I've already broken a few of them. You know, this is the mic drop moment, though. Jesus said, hey, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Drops the mic. See, Jesus lays it all on the line here. This, in my opinion, is probably the most pivotal verse in all of Scripture. Yeah, there's a lot of great Bible verses out there, but this one, this one is so crucial because in your notes, Jesus is essentially saying he's not one way to God, he is the only way to God. And see, this is a problem. This is problematic. This is a very bold claim. Imagine hearing someone say that. Imagine that. Imagine if I said that right now. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to get to God, you got to get through me first. You got you to hear what I have to say. Nobody else has, knows how to get there, but I can get you there. You're like, wow, you know, you better just settle down just a little bit. Like, 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 we don't believe that. And this is why many world religions, they say, well, Jesus is one of many ways, but he's not the only way. But that makes no sense at all, because the very claim of Jesus is he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If somebody said that, we would gasp, we would, we'd be caught off guard. Who does he think he is? Who does this guy think he is saying he's the only way to God? Does he think he's God? Yes. Yes, he absolutely did. He knew that he was God. See, Jesus didn't bring simply a solution to sin. He was the solution. He was the solution. And this is a bold claim. He's not claiming that he knew the way. 
He's claiming that he is the way. See, up until this point, they only had vague ideas, vague directions of how to get to God. They would follow the rules. They'd say, oh, if you've got sin, you've got to cover it over. You've got to sacrifice an animal. You've got to follow these rules. You do this and you do that and you don't eat pigs and, and you turn left of the big oak tree and maybe you'll find God along the way. And they were just trying to find God. They were trying to do the best they could. And Jesus is saying, I'm the way. I'm the way. It's not about following the rules. It's not about jumping through a myriad of hoops. He's saying, I am the way. It's not about doing good deeds. And in fact, you can't get there on your own. But if you want to get there, you can simply follow me. Follow me. It's like if you wanted to climb Mount Everest. Would anybody here like to climb Mount Everest? Okay, a couple of you guys. I would love to climb Mount Everest. I think it would be great, you know. It's a lot of money, but, you know, hey, it's once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to climb on the top of Everest. But did you know that you don't just simply buy a map and go there and climb it? Like, you don't just simply do that. You don't just say, oh, I'm going to get a map, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to climb to the summit of Everest, and I'm going to come, come back. No, what you do is you hire guides, you hire Sherpas, you hire people, and then you go there. You don't go and say, oh, I want to go up this way. I want to go up that way. No, the guide is the way. And they look at things, they evaluate things, and say, if you want to get to the top, here's how you're going to do it. What's the way? The way is the guide. And Jesus is saying that he is the way. Now, before Jesus came, there was another man who came named John, John the baptizer, John the Baptist. And, and people were speculating that perhaps he was the Messiah. Maybe he was the chosen one. Maybe he was the one who came to forgive sins. But he wasn't, and he said that he wasn't. He, he was a good guy. He preached really well. He ate bugs and honey and dressed like a wild man. But he was saying somebody else is coming, and that is the one who is the way. John says this in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John, the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He points him out. It's not just simply covering over. See, after 1,500 years of priests sacrificing sheep, sacrificing sheep day in and day out, bringing these offerings, these sacrifices, now they're sacrificing sheep and God sends a lamb. It says, here, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Realizing that there's no way that a dead animal could forgive sins. See, in your notes, only Jesus can make us right with God. Only Jesus has the power to make us right with God. And instinctively, everyone knew that something was wrong. Instinctively, everyone knew that they had sinned and that something had to die. We read this last week that the wages of sin is death. Somebody's got to pay so they would kill an innocent animal. And it wasn't fair and it wasn't just. And it didn't really even work, but they had to do something. They had to do something. And Jesus comes. He comes to take it away. He comes to, to remove it. See, all they were doing was, was they were just covering it over. They were covering over the sin. It's just like if you ever have company come over your house, right? You know, you have company come over, and, and they're coming, and you've got stuff. You've got clutter in your house. You've got junk. You've got toys. And what do we start doing? Start shoving it under the bed. Shoving it in the closet, like, you know, so that way people come over and like, wow, your house looks so nice. You must have just cleaned it. No, it just always looks this way. Don't open the closet, okay? You might die because things may come out on top of you. 
We're hiding it. We're not making it go away. We're just hiding it, hiding it, hiding it under our bed. It looks a little bit better, but it's still there. You're holding on to the garbage. It may look a little bit better, but we have to ultimately be able to remove it. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says, For there is only one God and one mediator. He's not saying there's many gods. He's not saying there's many mediators. He's saying there's only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God or who can, who can make things right between God and humanity, the man, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. That's you, that's me, that's each and every one of us. He gave his life to purchase that freedom. And this is the message that God gave to the world at just the right time. See, God sent Jesus to mediate, to come and, and make us right with him. See, Jesus was, was kind of a little bit, bit crazy, too. Th think about what Jesus did. In, in your notes, Jesus didn't point to rules. He pointed to himself. Jesus didn't point to a code of conduct. Jesus didn't point to laws. Like, like he pointed to himself. Like all of Jesus' teachings, as good as they are, that's not the central message of the gospel. The central message of the gospel is all about Jesus. Think about Jesus, right? And the last meal that he had with his disciples, this was the Passover meal, the Seder meal. They're celebrating how the Jews who were slaves in Egypt were released out of Egypt to go into the promised land, right? And so they sit down and they're remembering this story of the Jews coming out of Jesus and Jesus grabs a loaf of bread and he breaks it as they always did at every Passover meal and says, hey God, Guys, whenever you eat this, think about me. They're like, what? And he grabs a cup of wine and says, hey, whenever you drink this, think about me. They're like, wait a minute. Like, what, what, about, what about the Israelites coming out of Egypt? What about all? They said, no, 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 no. I want you to, when you celebrate this holiday from now on, I want you to think about me, my body, which was broken, my, my blood, which was shed. Like, think about what he's saying here. This is like me saying to you, okay, guys, 4th of July is coming, but, but when you're shooting off fireworks for 4th of July, don't think about America. Think about Judah Thomas, okay? Like, we're going to celebrate me, you know. It's kind of near my birthday. We're going to celebrate me on that day instead of what we've always known to celebrate. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, hey, guys, instead of celebrating what we always celebrate, I want you to celebrate me. These people, they had no clue. They wanted Jesus to free them of the Romans, and Jesus wanted to instead free them of their sins. It was a different issue. It was a different issue. He wanted to, to, to come and, and free them. And it's very easy, people looking on, at people who follow Jesus Christ, and they say, well, well you're so close-minded. You're so narrow-minded. You, we, we need to be more open-minded to people of, of other religions and other faiths and other beliefs. Here's the thing. This is an inclusive, inclusive agreement. Because in your notes, Jesus offers freedom to everyone. It's free of charge. He offers it to everyone. No exceptions, no exclusions. But he's saying there's no other way, though. You've got to come through me. But it's open to everyone. So many of the religions of the world... Yeah, maybe they claim there's a variety of ones, but, but, but they're exclusive. It's like you have to be in the club. You have to be, be a certain ethnicity, perhaps, to, to participate. And Jesus is saying anyone can come. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
How can we be so closed-minded? How can we be so exclusive? How could Jesus be so exclusive? So you think you know better than me. No, 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 I don't think I know better than you. You think your God is better than my God. Yes, I do, you know? I do. Because this is what Jesus claimed. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what can wash away your sins? You can't do it. We can't do it on our own. We tried and failed. The best they could do was, was killing an animal and kind of covering it over, just kind of shoving it under the carpet. They tried and failed. We've tried and failed. What can, what can take it away and carry it off? What can carry off the weight of our sin? See, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's get this, let's get this out of here. Let's just get that out of here. See, what can, what can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, it's interesting how we have a fixation on blood, don't we? You ever, you ever realize that? Like people who follow Christ, Jesus, like we always, we sing about blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And are you washed in the blood? Like we talk about blood, like this, this fixation on blood, like what's this fixation on blood? Most of us, we don't really like blood that much. It kind of grosses us out. In fact, I had an incident with blood yesterday. Um, last night, I, I was, I, I'm, I'm dog sitting for a little while, last, uh, almost two weeks now. And, uh, and I was outside, I was uh, at nighttime taking the dog out for, you know, to do whatever dogs do at nighttime. And, um, and I was out there, and, and I'm getting ready to come back, and, I, and I'm saying to the dog, hey, come, come. And, and, and he just had this look in his eyes. It was like the devil entered him at that moment. And it's like, I am not going to do anything you say. And so I'm running, I'm trying to chase the dog, I'm trying to chase, trying to get him back. I'm like, don't run away, because there was a hole in the fence. I'm like, he's going to get out, and now I'm going to spend all night trying to chase this, this dog down, and he's running around. And, and, and we have an in-ground pool, and so I'm, I'm running around, and as I'm running, I'm chasing the dog, running as hard as I can. Well, on our in-ground pool, it's a rectangle, but there's a little section that kind of juts out, and it's where the stairs go down into the pool. Now it's covered, obviously, and I'm running, and I don't realize that I, I, I'm running right over that. And I run, and I hit that. I sink down. I trip. I slide across the concrete, and now I'm mad. Like, I shredded up my jacket. I shredded up my arm. I shredded up my side, both of my hands. I, I, you know, I, I go inside. I'm trying to, I finally get the dog inside. Carrie's like, you're bleeding everywhere. There was blood. We had to sanitize everything because it's like, we, you know, where's all this blood? Like, there's so much blood. We, we kind of don't like blood, and yet Christians, we have this fixation on blood. Nothing but the blood of of Jesus. Jesus, in fact, in the Passover meal, part of communion said, drink this. Whenever you drink this cup, remember my blood which was shed for you. See, there's only one person who claimed that getting right with God isn't simply a system. He said it's all about a relationship. See, he, it wasn't about a system. He said that he was the solution. Jesus claimed to be able to do what dead animals could not do. Jesus came and said, I am the Lamb of God. And that's a bold statement. It sounds kind of arrogant. It's like it's all about you or something. And it was. He was always pointing himself. See, see, the central message that Jesus had wasn't about loving your enemies and turning the other cheek, as good as those things are. The central message that Jesus had was that he is the only way that we can get to God. It says in Hebrews chapter 9, Verse 11, it says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created 
world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. We spoke of, of the priests and how the priests would come and they would make a sacrifice and they would kill innocent animals and it would temporarily cover over the sins of the people. But Jesus became the final high priest. He came and he offered himself. The ones before only masked the problem. They only temporarily covered the problem. But Jesus came and removed the problem once and for all. He came and said, I can remove it. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And when Jesus then, he died on the cross for our sins. The wage of sin was death. He took my punishment, your punishment. He picked up the tab. He paid the bill. He paid the ultimate price. And in your notes, Jesus' sacrifice made it possible for us to be made right with God. Made it possible for us to be forgiven of our sins. He made it possible for us to live a clean and pure life, a life holy before God. See, it's only through the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we are able to be saved and have eternal life only through the sacrifice that Jesus paid for us. It says in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. We read this last week. The wages of sin is death. The payment, the penalty, the reward of sin. When you sin, this is what you earn. But we did not read the rest of the verse because it doesn't just stop there. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. See, it's through Christ. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone. Not through anyone else. Well, that's so closed-minded. I'm sorry, but sometimes we have to just believe the truth. You could say, well, 2 plus 2 is 4. Well, you're just so closed-minded because I want to believe that 2 plus 2 equals 5. Hey, you can believe that all you want, but it's wrong, unfortunately. See, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the what? The truth. See, he is the truth. Are we putting our faith in the truth? Are we putting our faith simply in man's speculation about what perhaps God is and is not? See, Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to not provide a solution, but to be the solution, and it's only through his death and resurrection. See, the gift of eternal life is available to all of us, to each and every one of us, but it's only through Jesus Christ our Lord that we can receive it. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. There's no other name. You can call on any other name that you ever want to call on. You can call on all the other names of all the other religions and all the other gods. You can call on any other name, but Scripture says there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. And I find it interesting how many of the world religions, they all make room for Jesus. They all say he was a great prophet. He was a great leader. He was a great spiritual person. We should respect him. We should honor him. And yet they deny the very claims that he made. The very claims that he says that he's the way, the truth, and the life. We get the free gift of God only through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In your notes, Jesus offers us a new beginning and a new life and a new hope. He offers us new things. He offers us the opportunity to leave our old ways behind us. And he offers us the opportunity to walk in the light of his love for those of us who will do it. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we'll close with this verse, that says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. 
Anyone who belongs to Christ, you are a new person. You're not the same person that you used to be. You may look the same. You may act somewhat the same, but you are not a new person. Since the old life is gone and a new life has begun. This verse reminds us that through Christ, through Jesus, not through religion, not through good deeds, not through trying to clean up my act on my own, this reminds us that through Christ and Christ alone, we can be a new creation. We can be made new, have a new heart. We can leave our sinful ways behind and God can remove the sin. He can remove the suffering. He can remove the shame in our life and he can make us right with God. Not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. And we don't have to carry around the bondage anymore. We don't have to carry around the baggage anymore. We can live in freedom every day because of what Jesus Christ did. And you don't have to earn your way out. You don't have to do a to-do list. We just believe. It's by faith that we are saved. That Jesus, in Jesus alone, that he died and that he rose again to bring us forgiveness, to bring us healing, to bring us restoration, to ultimately give us hope and purpose in our life. See, when Jesus died, it was for your sin. Not just the sins of the world. Right? Sometimes it's like, well, yeah, Jesus died for all of our sins. And we just kind of lump it all together. But it's important for us to realize that he died not just for the sins of the world, but he died for, for your sins, specifically for you. Because he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And the only way for us to find meaning and purpose in life is not by chasing the things that everyone chases. It's not by adding numbers into a bank account. It's not by acquiring more things. It's by following Jesus, and the only way for us to have eternal life is not by doing good things, but it's by following the one who did, who did live the perfect life, who died on the cross, who rose again through Christ and Christ alone. There's many others who we look at, say, well, maybe they're the way. Maybe they're the way. No, there is only one way, and the one way is Jesus. And once you have been forgiven, this is the beauty of the gospel. This is the good news that once you have been forgiven, you're forgiven for your past, for your present, and for your future. He wipes the slate clean once and for all. You have been made new through Jesus Christ our Lord. And any guilt that you experience after the fact is simply self-inflicted because Jesus Christ cleaned, wiped away your sin, removed it from your life once and for all. And he is the only way, one who can make us right with God. We can try many other things. We can try doing it on our own, but we're always going to fall short. We've all sinned. We all fall short of God's standard. But it's only Jesus, through the sacrifice that he paid on the cross, it's only through Jesus, through God's love for us, it's only through Jesus who he came and he offers us a way to heaven. It's only through Christ that we can be saved. There's no other name. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one who loves us. He's the one who provides for us. And it's only for those of us who call on his name. As scriptures say, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So can't we call on his name? Can't we accept the free gift that he's offered us? Stop trying to do it yourself and receive the free gift that God has offered to each and every one of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ our Lord because he alone is the one who can save us from our sins. Let's pray. Well, Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you alone 
can save us from our sins. And that is good news. That you're the Savior of the world. That you died once and for all for my sins. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, won't you? Won't you open up your heart to him now? Because if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you call on his name, then you'll be saved. Won't you call on his name now? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Please remove the sin in my life. Remove the baggage, the burden, the shame, the pain, the hurt, the bitterness, the rage. Remove it from me now, Lord. God, we thank you for your provision. We thank you for providing for us a high priest who could actually get the job done. We thank you for giving us Jesus. We thank you that we know what can wash away our sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Him and Him alone, nothing but His blood can make us whole again. Nothing but His blood can make us right with you. We thank you for that. We thank you for the free gift of eternal life. We thank you for separating the sin from our life, and you've removed it as far as the east is from the west. You've taken it to the depths of the ocean. You've drowned it there, so it's no longer with us anymore. Lord, we thank you for giving us this freedom. Let us walk in this freedom. Let us walk in your holiness. Let us walk in this each and every day. And we thank you for choosing us. We thank you for giving us life. We thank you for this good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ who saves us once and for all. He died for our sins. He died to give us eternal life and he died to give us hope. And we just thank you for this. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.